The Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space Podcast. Created from an atomic fireball hurled from outer space. The Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space Podcast. Threatens man's very existence on Earth. Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space Podcast. Battles Godzilla, Mothra, and Rodan for mastery of the world. Men quake before the terror of their unleashed fury. All new, all never to be forgotten. A new high in visions from Monsterland. Hello everyone, welcome to Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. My name is Jerry, and joining me, of course, is 10 out of 10 Derek. Yes, I'm here. And the one and only Don. Screenlink, everyone. And the poker champion of the world, Mr. Venom. Why didn't they just put salt on him? I don't I don't think it was a <laughs> slug. Um <laughs> wrong movie. Uh <laughs> But with that being said, tonight for Visions from Monsterland, we are bringing you our first technically non-giant kaiju, but we're still talking monsters. We are talking the H-Man. Now, the H-Man, in uh, its original Japanese name is Beauty and the Liquid People, which is probably my favorite porno. Uh, (laughs) Uh, fuck, I didn't write down the date. Was it 1958, I believe? I think it was 1958. Yes, it was. Uh, um, yes, it is. I'm looking at it right now. Yep. Yeah, okay, 58, okay. In, 58 in Japan, 59 here in America. Yes. Now, one thing I want to get out of the way before we get into this movie. This movie came out in Japan before The Blob came out in America. They were both pretty much in production at the same time, along with uh, an Italian film by Bava that also uses... Uzi slime Cal- stuff. Caltiki. Caltiki, correct. So they all were kind of made at the exact same time in different countries. Um, so yes. none of them are ripping off of each other. If I hear one more person say that they're ripping all, off the blob. It's a complete coincidence, people. Let yes. it go. We will kill it people. Is a, it is a complete coincidence. All three productions had no knowledge of the other one. There is no ripping off in this scenario. It is pure coincidence. Yes. Yeah, so if I, I hear to anything to the difference, I will send a horse head out. Because when I was doing my research, I kept seeing that over and over. People comparing it to the blob and, and saying this, this blob rip off and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, d- like, did you do no research before you just started popping off at the mouth? Kills me. <laughs> it really does. I hate that kind of shit. But anyway, that's what we're getting into, and uh, this movie is a very interesting one, um, because yeah. it, uh, it it does something that, it's like a mixture of a detective story, 
and science fiction put together, which was actually something that was very popular in Japan at the time. And it was actually made to compete against rival studios that had been putting out uh, Yakuza. I hate saying this fucking word. Yakuza. Yakuza. Thank you. I always say Yakuza. I, I don't know if that's just like the, the trailer park in me that just wants to throw some kind of weird southern pronunciation on that. Or it could just be you trying to sneeze and keeping it in. Well, that's the thing. I would believe that, except I don't sneeze out most of the times. I sneeze in. Like no, like it like it just hits my face and then never comes out. So, I, you know. That didn't sound right at all. No, but I'll take it. It didn't, but... Whatever, let's stop making fun of me and get into this. And I think I'm going to open up with Derek. Derek, tell me something you just absolutely loved about the H-Man. I like the atmosphere that this film brings because you have, like, this gloom and feel through the detective story. And then, like, when we get to, like, that boat scene, which when we get into, like, the Japanese version, that boat scene actually comes at a different point in the film. But there's some great atmosphere and some great techniques used to steer like the tension building of that scene and i also like uh masaru sato's uh score to this one because uh like some of his godzilla scores are very goofy but his score in this one actually fits the tone of the movie very well if that makes sense yeah whoever apparently created... you haven't heard the title track to the japanese version <laughs> Whoever created the, I had the idea for the ping sound for the monster. That normally should be very annoying. It wasn't. I enjoyed it the entire time. Plus, no. I, I actually think some of the effects are very good in this for Milton. It kind of reminded me of the God Delta. damn it, you bastard. Yeah, yeah. One, one thing at a time, Derek. You already said yours. <laughs> Calm it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Don, okay. he already screwed you, but please continue with All what right, you were so... going to say. Yeah, so that bastard took my thing. It was the special effects. You know, this is Subaraya doing something other than, you know, bringing buildings down or building, you know, you know, building costumes. This is a much different kind of special effect. And I think it, he nails it. I mean, the H-Men look fantastic. They're creepy. They're chilling. There's like three or four different forms of them. And they all look really good. And I think the special effects, you know, I hate to use the term. I think they're better than the American, the H, the Blob film. I think they're much better at what he does here. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say this right now. It's my favorite Blob film between the three of them. Uh, even, gonna... in, even including the remake. Oh, I don't know if I can go about that with the yeah. remake of the Blob. No, I can't. I'm going that. better than the Blob remake. Yeah, no I'm going way. better than the Blob remake. Better story than the Blob 88 remake. I'll give you that. Uh, all right. <laughs> Mr. Venom, what is something you loved about this movie? Well, believe it or not, I actually... Obviously, our, our hardcore listeners have been listening to us for a while now know that I always have a problem with the human aspect of these movies. Uh, I just want to see kaiju fight, you know? Uh, this movie, complete opposite. I actually genuinely enjoyed all the human stuff in here. Um, I like the interactions, you know, between the military guys. Uh, the gangsters were a little goofy. I mean, yeah. ho hopefully 60s, 50s, 60s gangsters weren't that dumb because they're just never going to get anything accomplished. But um, for whatever it's worth, you know, the interaction between the scientists, the police department, the military, um, I had, you know, I genuinely enjoyed all those scenes and and no kids. So, yay. 
I'll back that. I'll back That's that, always yeah. a plus, yeah. That is good. So for me, it was the cinematography. Uh, some of the shots in this movie were just amazing. The club scene where they go in and arrest all the mobsters. Just from yeah. start to end, that is just beautifully done. The music, the camera angles, the the them tipping each other off. It was just it was so well done. I just absolutely loved it. Um and then there's other things that they shot like with the this and this kind of ties into the special effects, but like the uh blob moving uh down the walls and everything. They actually filmed they, where they had a wall they could actually turn to make it move the way they wanted it to move. Mm-hmm. They basically were doing the shit that Wes Craven would do later on with a Nightmare on Elm Street, except on a you know smaller scale. But they were doing that. They were they were moving walls. They and didn't just, do that with they didn't do that with every scene though, did they? Because there were a couple there that looked like it was just superimposed. No, no, not with every scene, but they did. They okay. did do it. Um, yeah, like when he was when he was traveling, like on flatter surfaces, like on the street and whatnot. I thought that looked decent, but when he was like going in and out of windows, you could just tell that it was superimposed, and it it actually kind of took me out of it a little bit. It wasn't bad necessarily. I mean, for the time, it was probably really good, but you know, compared to the effects for the kills, which were stellar, I thought him going up and down walls just didn't look that great. Uh, I, I, it wasn't perfect, but I still really, really liked it. I thought, I thought it was creepy enough. Um, so with that being said, let's get into things we did not like about this film. And because, uh, Derek tried to steal two, he's going to go last. Go ahead, Don. (laughs) All right. I'm going to say whoever dubbed the singing voice for Chicago, that does, that does not sound like her. I don't know. Damn. Funny enough. Watch the Japanese version. Same same song, yeah. Same exact voice, ah, same terrible. exact song. She is singing in English, up, uh, and it was actually a famous jazz singer. Yeah, well, whoever they is, the voice matching does not match the face. So yeah, yeah, yeah. better than what I had to hear in Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla or War. Oh, I'm not. Was. I'm not complaining about the song. I'm just complaining about the voice, the tone of the voice. Yeah, it's not the song. I think the song's decent. It's just the tone of the voice does not match the face. Okay, yeah, way I can get too that. deep, way too bassy. Yeah, that's not her. <laughs> it's just yeah. I mean, she has this little you know high pitched shrill little voice, but then she when she's singing, she sounds like Kathleen Turner. It's, yeah, that just doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. Uh, Venom, what is something you didn't like? Um. Oh man, you guys are gonna hate me, but. Um, I'm not a fan of the H man, believe it or not. I just did not get into this. Like I, I have, I've kind of always had an aversion to these blob type movies because I don't feel that a lumbering big piece of stuff is all that menacing. You just have to outrun it. Now I understand there's going to be situations where you're going to be trapped or whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, you have to advance the storyline, but it's really, really hard for me to, to develop any kind of dislike for an antagonist that doesn't have a solid form when he's just shapeless. And I understand that there were, that there was those times right before a kill when he would kind of go to that green humanoid form, but that green humanoid form did nothing for me. 
It just, I don't know, it, it felt cheap. It felt really, really cheap. I mean, because you're giving us these spectacular death special effects with these people melting slowly and their bodies, like, folding over themselves. I mean, it just, those kills are amazing. But then the monster that's supposedly doing all of this just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's an unpopular opinion, but yeah, I, I'm i sorry. Actually, <laughs> mine, mine is almost kind of yours, just from a different perspective my big dislike about this is that they did not humanize the h-man much like they did with godzilla or matango there you feel nothing for the h-man even though you deal with people who knew one of the people who are possibly the h-man but they don't do anything to make you feel for him so at the end of the movie when they could have inserted you know like when chicago is uh, leaving the drain, they could have had one of the H-Men like raise their hand towards her and then pull it back and kind of go away. And it didn't. They didn't do anything. So at the end of the movie, when the H-Men die, you're just like, well, I mean, I guess I'm sad because I know the interpreter for Godzilla vs. King Kong is might be one of those guys, maybe. <laughs> and that kind of makes me sad because I really like that dude, even though he had this weird white face thing going on. Can he just be in a movie without them putting... <laughs> tons of makeup on him please mm. uh so i just wish they would have humanized that a little bit because I, at the end of the movie i didn't feel anything for the h-man i was like I, at first i was like i just wanted to see more and then i was like that wasn't the problem it's not that i needed to see more h-man it's that i had no connection i had no feeling towards I, the I, h-man i feel that i can understand that too because they're supposed to be us when they were infected with the H bomb and stuff and it turned into this stuff. So I wish there was some more human emotion towards them. You know what I mean? Too. Uh, so I can get that. Well, I mean, you know, you figure they've, cause you, you don't get an idea of how long it's been since they've been exposed. So maybe it could just be a case of, you know, like they've been along, they've been, you know, in that state for too long that they've lost, touch with their humanity and now they're just you know rampaging blobs of goo yeah, that's making assumptions based off yeah nothing i'm, that I'm gives just saying I, I but i'm just saying i'm i i'm hearing that as i'm saying it so uh, i mean i you could say that but i mean you know like you just said that's just you know throwing but, an assumption on but it. even if they would have had like chicago be like no don't kill them i love him and they kill him anyway or something i would have been like oh damn come on Hook, hook yeah. her up or something, yeah. but they didn't. There was there like there's no try to save them. There's no try to understand them. Nothing. It's literally something's killing things. We identified it by sacrificing a frog, and now we're just gonna fucking kill them all. Like that's it. Um, yeah. And it's just that it's because of that. I feel like the monster did not have an impact. Mm-hmm. So Derek, Absolutely. what is something you didn't like? Well, my major issue is uh, some of the dragginess of some of the dialogue scenes. It, it gets a little draggy and kind of repetitive because the scientist does go back to the cops like three times in the movie and they still don't believe him that they're fucking H-Men when they see fucking people are disappearing. Come on. And they, even after he shows them the frog dissolving, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know? and, and in the, the Japanese version, it that's kind of fixed because they show you why they don't. Like, in the Japanese version, there's a lot more emphasis on dealing with the criminals and tracking yeah. the criminals. There's more of the criminal story that gets cut out. 
And so, like, they're blowing him off because, like, dude, we have to focus on real criminals here. Like, these people have heroin and they're and they're killing people. We have to figure this out. But when they cut that out of the movie, it does exactly what Derek says. He's like, dude's come to you three times. He's shown you proof, everything, and you're still not believing him. Plus, I didn't really need two singing sequences. I was okay with just one. Two of them was kind of kind of overboard for me personally. Oh, uh, well, in the Japanese, there there's a third one, but it got cut out because the outfit she the uh, a different chick was wearing was too skimpy. Oh. So it was it was too risque for America in 1959. So it too was edited skimpy. out. Yeah. So the woman uh, walking around uh, the sub uh, excuse me the. Uh, uh, the sewer in her slip what, wasn't risque enough. Uh, no, no, it's the the scene has it's mostly the bottom the chick is wearing is much smaller, so like mm-hmm. more of her ass is hanging out, uh, and you know she's on the floor doing her thing. Uh, it, and there's also like a shot of like when one of the chi- when that chick that when the dancer that gets killed by the H man like there's. Instead of like kind of showing her top, they show her bottom, which I guess was too risque. Um, so I did cause... feel that scene was kind of choppy. Yes, mm. and really, th- those are the big differences because I ended up watching the Japanese version because I was I was just curious of how different they were. Really, the the two big differences are the crime stuff, the detective stuff is mostly cut out. Um, they also like like for instance when they bring when they go and get uh Chicago whatever the fuck her name is uh Shitako yeah Shitaki um <laughs> she could be my taco when they when they go to her house and they take her away one of the things they go they bring up to her they're like oh well, you own a TV how can you afford a TV because in 1958 a TV was very expensive to have in a home. Especially when you're a woman. And they're trying to say, your drug dealer boyfriend bought all this. But she was like, no, bitch. I'm a famous entertainer. I bought it. All this nice stuff I have, I bought it. I make money. Uh, and then, like, they're, they're, when they bring in that guy who um, had his locker broken into, the interrogation scene in there, there's racism that's taken out because uh, he's Chinese. And they, like, are being racist towards him because he's Chinese. They know he's there as a drug dealer. He even basically admits he's a drug dealer and still gets to walk out of there. Yeah. Mm. It's ridiculous. And is it just me or were some of those interrogation scenes absolutely ridiculous? Yes. Like, like they were pointless. The second one with... uh, Chicago Mon and um, the two the, bumbling cops and the two bumbling cops that are yes. basically just like you fucking liar. Exactly. Like I'm just like you're Bro, a fucking woman. You're lying. Chill out. Like damn. There's a, there's a lot of hate towards women in some of these early Asian movies. <laughs> there's a lot of things towards Asian women in all Japanese movies. It ain't just yeah. old ones. Okay. Know, Meatball was... Machine Kodaku. I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> wait, till, wait till we get the Gappa. Oh God, um, but yeah, it was just like like so. Th- if you've seen the American version, you've basically seen the Japanese version. But if you want like ten to fifteen extra minutes of more detective stuff 
and the ship thing is placed in the beginning of the movie instead of the middle of the movie and you get a little extra uh women dancing that's all that's all you're really missing that's it it's it's nothing crazy it's not a, a gigantic edit uh but if you want a little bit more it's there it 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 works it like i was more interested in the detective stuff so when i watched the japanese version there's little things that you notice that are very interesting like them talking about the drugs them uh blowing like the second time they blow off the scientist like they are basically like dude we like i'm not he's ba- the scientist is basically trying to force them to come to the docks to show them that kids are playing with the uh what do you call those rings from boats? Life preserver's. Life preserver. Uh, they're playing with this life preserver from this boat that these people that I showed you earlier, you know, said people were dissolved in, and there's radiation on things, and kids are playing with it, and they are literally like, "We don't care." He jumps in the car with them, and like, goes with them to the uh, police station, and they're still like, "We don't care." Until someone shows up and goes, someone else died again the same way. Then they're like, oh, all right, fine. Yeah. Mm. It happens. So, one of the interesting things about this movie is that it is actually based off the same thing that Godzilla is based off. The Lucky Dragon number five. Mm -hmm. Uh, The boat in this movie, Dragon God number two, is pretty much the same. The boat was too close to a radioactive test. And got infected, much like the Lucky Dragon number five. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, no, that's that's pretty. That's a pretty easy spot to make. You can see that. Yeah, definitely, man. And then the cool, the other cool thing about this movie is we get a lot of actors we will see in other kaiju movies. Even yeah. uh, uh, Chikako, uh, she was in Mysterians, Gorath, and Rodan. And then, obviously, Dr. Masada, our scientist, is played by Kenji Sahara, who's, like, one of my favorite actors of all of these movies, because he's the main guy in Matango. Uh, mm-hmm. He's also yeah. been in a shit ton of these movies. Like, if, if Mechagodzilla's in there, he's probably in that movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fucking, uh, uh, the chief of the police is fucking Sarazawa. Yeah, yeah. correct. Now um, you have... You have um, Yoshio Tsuchiya. He's one of the detectives. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. tons of people in this movie are players from all over the Toho uh, Kaijuverse. Yeah. So I thought that was really, really cool. Um, but this movie is one that's really fun to talk about. But I feel like they missed a lot of opportunities to say something, to have something cool to talk about, because, like... It didn't have the message like the other ones did. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's a really good sci-fi detective movie, but there's nothing to elevate it. Now, I'm not sure how it lands in the Vapor trilogy, uh, the slime trilogy, however you want to call it, with uh, the human vapor, and then what's the third one? Uh, something intelligent. Secret of the intelligent. Secret of the intelligent. That's it. Um, and if I'm correct, uh, human vapor and, and secret intelligent, they don't actually have 
proper U.S. releases. So I uh, human human vapor, I think it 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 was only released theatrically when it came out, but I don't think Telegin ever got a release. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Telegin didn't get a release at all. Yeah, because Come that on, is Criterion. one that I've never <laughs> seen. Like I I have a copy of Human Vapor, but I do not have a copy of Telegin. So that's one I still have to try to hunt down. But uh, yeah, so. Uh, there's not really that much more we can say about that, but I will open it up. Does anyone have any last thoughts they want to say on the movie? You know, if you're not looking for something with like an overpowered message, I still say check it out. It's an interesting enough story with the detective angle uh, that keeps enough interest going throughout it for viewers of classic like detective stories or sci-fi films for that matter. I agree. It kind of bothered me that they didn't give the monster a better name. Like, I, I understand the H-Man is based more on, uh, you know, hydrogen bomb testing, which I can't imagine that the Japanese word for hydrogen starts with H. So calling him the H-Man is definitely something more for American audiences. I mean, well, you know. Like, you know, like we said earlier, the original title was Beauty and the Liquid People. So right, they right. never even they never even called it that, so... Right, right. Like, if they would have just called him the liquid creatures throughout the movie, I probably would have been more okay with it. I think that's just as bad. I mean, it's not that much better, I'll admit, but I I don't know. The H-Man, just like I said, because it's based on an English word, it sounds like it was made for American audiences. Yeah, we'll get into that kind of sort of in our Ultraman report, too. (laughs) I got oh, something yeah. to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I'll give I'll give you that because uh, basically it's called H Man just because in the 1950s, almost every movie that came out that was B budget had something to do with hydrogen bombs or nuclear reaction or radiation. So it just when it came to America, it just fell on that trend. But I will say there is something that I really do like about the original Japanese name of the Beauty and the Liquid People. Or That's a, is it liquid yeah. people? Is that what it is? That kind of sounds like a sounds like a giallo. Uh, I think it's the beauty <laughs> and the liquid man. I don't think it's no, it is liquid people. They should yeah, have changed it to liquid man. The beauty and the liquid man. I think that would have been cooler. Beauty and the liquid man. <laughs> oh God! Now, <laughs> I also have something to say about um, H Man's little noise that he was making. Now, <laughs> Jerry, Jerry already mentioned that. He didn't have too much of a problem with it. I started, when I first heard it, I started having a problem with it. And I think the biggest part of it is just because you don't know where it's coming from that first scene. You just hear it. You know, they don't show the H-Man in the the very first kill. So you're kind of a little bit lost. So it was annoying me. Um, but once once they established, you know, that, that it was kind of a, pre, a precursor, to uh, an H-Man attack, I'm like, all right, I can... And, and it was less annoying. Like, it's not like it was grating on my ears by any stretch throughout yeah, the movie. It, but It's like Creature from the Black Lagoon. Every time he's on there, you hear the... Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, or Jaws and its theme. Like, it definitely plays on that. But it's so odd. So then that leads me to another question then. So was that sound effect a musical sting? Or well, was the I, H-Man making that sound? 
No, I think it was a musical sting. I don't think oh, they okay. can yeah. make sounds. See, throughout yeah. the whole movie, I'm like, why is he doing that? Because, I mean, literally all the way up until the final kill, right before he kills somebody, you hear that noise. Yeah. But then in the sewer, after he kills the gangster guy, and he and he goes to try to go after, um, you know, a Chimpokemon, she, <laughs> the sound effect just stops. <laughs> the sound effect just stops, and you never hear it again the rest of the movie. So yeah. I'm like, I think yeah, that's really uh, confusing. Yeah, no, that's uh, what kind of makes me think it is. Because, I mean, like you said, when Chipotle's down there in the sewer, you don't go. That's what I'm saying is that you don't hear it. So, I mean, you know, you just hear like the blurbling, like the gurgling noises that it makes beforehand when it's like retreating out of the room. Right. So I think that would be its natural noise. And then that musical sting that you hear, that clicking sound, I think that's got to be the musical sting. Yeah, yeah. It, makes sense. it makes sense I, because Sato is a, more of a percussion composer, too. He has a lot yeah. of percussion bass in his compositions. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, you can tell when you see it, like, leaving rooms, you can hear, like, that gurgling sound. Sure. I yeah. think that would be its natural noise. That Because that's more of, like, an organic. That's, right. like, more, like, more organic. And then that clicking sound, that's, like, much more... <laughs> I thought that was his like um, his like I'm satisfied noise. Like he he would always make that noise after a kill. So I was like, oh, that's him digesting, or or that's just like his equivalent of a mmm. That was good. Yeah, you that, know what I mean. That yeah. slime could have hidden out in that club forever because no one in that club is going to be suspicious by hearing those uh, gurgling noises. Well, it took them they're just going to be like, oh, I know what's going on. <laughs> what took him how long to notice the gunshots in the room up above him? Yeah, because of the drum yeah. solo. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was that was a for the sweet same. drum solo. I was Actually, waiting... that wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah, I was just waiting for you, Jimbo, to fucking pop out and just like <laughs> fucking liquid people. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying that because you know the guy composed all like all the Kurosawa like sam- samurai movies. <laughs> oh, I love Sanjuro yeah. and Yo Jimbo. Yeah. <laughs> The, the, well, those are like my favorite Kurosawa flicks. Well, oh, there is one that I was kind of confused on. Is now I, I don't know if this is acknowledged in the Japanese, but why were the blob men attacking the gangster specifically? So they they mentioned something about um, or do they? I can't remember if they mentioned something yeah. about this or not. But I'm but what I always thought was like. There's got to be at least a little bit of consciousness left, especially for right. like. But no, they do because they mentioned the reason they came to Tokyo is because they're from Japan, so they're coming back to Japan because they have a little bit of consciousness left. And right, so but I'm saying home. is that when you so when you notice all of when you notice them before, all of their attacks are against the gang members. Exactly they don't, because they who's don't the target... first person on land in the movie to die? Masaki. Not on the boat. But on land, yeah. him. And then after Masaki. that, it's the next person who dies is a gangster. And so it's literally uh, going it's after still... the gangsters because it's that's what it's remembering is I remember gangsters go to gangsters. It's going to the people it remembers. Yeah, so it kind of get, gets a collective memory. I don't memory necessarily sort of. think it's like targeting the like gangsters as much as it's reaching out for people it used to know. But then there's no real connection between the gangsters and the ship because nobody remembers the ship when they're interrogated. Well, that's the, true. That, that might well, just be them coming to land and that and 
traveling in water and he just happened to be the first person. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know. Cause the first person they attack on the land is a gangster or a smuggler yeah. that works for the mob. So that's what sets it off. Yeah. yeah. I'm, so, that's what I'm saying is that the first one is Masaki. The next one is the gangster that threatens Chipotle. And then, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's one of those things where to have a movie, there has to be something that you just don't, there's no connection to, but, but it just has to happen. So that first one attacks uh, Misato or whatever the fuck his name is. And he then starts targeting the people he knew, which happened to be gangsters because he himself was a gangster. So yeah, yeah they, they, him getting targeted, pure coincidence. That's just mm-hmm. has to happen to make the movie. That is mm-hmm. something that you just have to accept. Like in most movies when you're just like, Oh, well, you know, if he would have just done this from the beginning, the whole movie would have been over. Yeah, but then there wouldn't have been a movie. Mm, I guess. I, that's that's a pretty I mean, common thing. Yeah, it, just, it I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe it's like targeting somebody like outside of the gang, even if they're not going to kill them, maybe just like an attack them once. Just, but then you're you know. going to have, why did that person attack a, a gangster? Like, it's the same thing. They're just cutting out the middleman. Mm, I guess, yeah. It's just one of those things you just have to accept because it's a movie. Yeah. It just keeps the story going and why they're doing the investigation and find out what's going on, you know? I I think it's merely because he was standing in the road next to sidewalk and sewer drain. So you have water rushing down that way. And the H-Man slime or whatever is, is running, is rolling in that water down. And he just happened to be the first person to step in its way. I want to cross over with the H-Man versus it. <laughs> you all float down to, what the fuck is that? Pain! <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> oh my god. Alright. So, uh, I think we all give the H-Man a thumbs up. It, it's not going to blow your mind, but it is a really good watch, especially for... Uh, a nineteen, a late nineteen fifties sci-fi flick. Um, yeah. So, with that said, we are going to go into the Ultraman report. All right, we are going to episode seven of Ultraman: The Blue Stone of Baradi. Bar the large, the large, the large. Where do you get an L in that? No, it's large. Oh, I'm, going I'm going off of the American DVD release. They call it Village. That's, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's... And, um, you know, when they show this all the time, August keeps calling it Village, so I'm going with him. Yeah, well, I'm just oh, going to say I thought you were saying Barrage. Yeah, I'm going to say this oh. right now. This has to be the worst audio for an Ultraman episode ever. I could... I don't know what the fucking town was called. I don't know what the princess's name was called. Like... I could not fucking understand half the shit that was being said. I didn't even remember them giving her name. I just thought they called her princess. No, they, they, she says her name and literally you cannot understand it. I know it starts with a C. Yeah. It's I didn't even know that. I just thought they called her princess. No, they say her name one time, but it's weird. It's weird when you're watching this too, just put it this way. 
when the, the subtitles are still going on the bottom and there's no one talking because when you're watching the English dub, you know that there's dialogue there and there's not in some scenes. Yeah, there Mill Creek did not do the best job with it with this, but unfortunately, it's the best we got, so we just have to deal with it. But uh, so basically, this is how this episode starts. Uh, oh, also August twenty eighth, nineteen sixty six. Fuck, I cough off that last Chipotle laugh. Uh, Adam Jeffers comes to the science patrol to seek help. Apparently, the French sent a team to the desert where a meteor fell, and then everyone disappeared. Happens all the time. Godzilla no one cares, though, because they're French. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> so, the science patrol team, they're going to go out there, but Fuji's got to stay. So, they're heading out there, and they see this rainbow cone beam of light thing in the sky that malfunctions all the instruments of the ship uh, and they try to go above it, but it still ends up screwing up everything. The engines conk out and they crash and Ido, who took off his helmet, hurts his head because Ido, if someone's going to get hurt, it has to be Ido. <laughs> uh, so no one knows where they are and they can't get a message out. So they tell Ido to stay there and repair the radio because they just don't want to hear his orgasms anymore because... The, him whining was a little too sexual sounding for me. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the facial expressions too, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, so they're going to go uh, try to find uh, the town nearby. So they're out there. The Geiger counter's reacting. They find the really weird-looking, odd-shaped meteor, um, but they don't think it caused the light or the magnetic interference. Oh, fuck. Man, I don't know what's going on with me. I'm coughing and fucking burping and dying I believe, i'm blaming don his chipotle you, joke was too you, good you're becoming an h-man oh I think. for real shit so the guy counter is reacting all over this meteor but they don't think it caused light or the magnetic magnetic interference so the roar in the distance happens and the monster shows up right in front of the ship but ito's the only one who sees it he runs out and tells them they don't believe it because they don't see it because you know in this realm it's hard to believe someone saw a fucking monster even though we literally just went over this yeah, especially yeah. after they fight him seven times already or six times before. Exactly. Yeah. So they then find some wreckage, and Arashi decides to go down, but he starts getting sucked into a hole. Uh, uh, and then the monster shows up in the pit, and I'm just like, Sarlacc pit. Sarlacc pit. It kind of looks like that, too. I got that, too. Yeah. So uh, they start shooting it, but it does absolutely nothing. Uh, which I honestly think at the, this point, as many times as they shoot guns in this series and it does absolutely nothing, I really do think it's like the government stepped in and was like, you know how we have a ban on guns? Every gun you show better be fucking useless. <laughs> uh, I love how Arashi's reaction to my favorite gun. <laughs> my gun! <laughs> yeah, I'm getting that shit back. Uh so the monster then creates a wall of light that pulls all the guns away. And they're like, fuck this. They, they find an empty town. I cannot tell you what the town is called, even though for some reason Hayata can read whatever the name of the town is. Uh, yeah. Then they find a mountain called a rat. Now, I actually want to give them credit here. Uh, a rat is a real mountain, and that literally is the mountain that uh, in the Bible uh, that Noah's Ark landed on. Uh, that, that would be in the book of Genesis 8-4. For anyone who doesn't know, um, Noah landed, uh, following the flood, Noah's Ark landed on the mountains of Iraq. So that is an actual real thing. They did some research. That is 100% uh, 
uh, I love, accurate. I love how the Arabian bottom. people are Chinese Japanese. Uh, those those were the most Japanese looking Turks I've yep. ever seen. Uh, my next my line. line after the mountains of Arad <laughs> is Asians dressed like Muslims. Yep. <laughs> that was my next line. I wish one looked yeah. like Saddam Hussein. It would have been awesome. But yeah, you know what? They went I'm out okay of their way to get a French. They went out of their way to get a national born Frenchman, but yet they can't spring for Muslims. <laughs> Hey, I'm okay with it because at least now that I get to see a white guy in the science patrol outfit, I know I can be on the science patrol. I've already got the patch. I've got the star patch sitting over there. I've just never put it on anything. So I'm getting closer. Um, All right. So they spoke in a ancient tongue, so they can't communicate with them. But then they all of a sudden know the English word princess. Uh, Oh, oh, oh. The princess's name is said. I have no idea what the fuck it is. They then go Chartum. into... What? Chartum. Chartum? C-H-A-R-T-H-A-M. Chartum. That's weird. Uh, Sounds yeah, like a weird. fucking cuisine. <laughs> hey, I need to see this in graphs. Will you chart them? Uh-huh. Uh, so they then talk about how the town used to be a trading post, but no one came back who left. It's amazing they were able to make it there, and then once they got the shit, then the monster robbed them. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. So then they talk about how they the monsters attack the town because of you draw, you draw, you draw, uh, ultra. They're trying to say ultra, but they're adding a D or they're taking out an L. I'm not sure what they're fucking trying to say. Um, <laughs> the audio is just terrible in this episode. Yeah, it sounded like she was saying ultra. Yeah. So the long she, O sound. Yeah. She take the princess takes them to the temple and shows them it's a statue of Ultraman, except he doesn't have the thing in the middle of his chest, you know. So I'm counting points off for details. Um, I, and but I was actually going to ask: Are we to assume that's the only Ultraman? Like, like is Hayata the only Ultraman that's ever existed, or was there Ultraman before like this series? Because I have future knowledge of where the later series go, there are more Ultraman. There's a whole planet of Ultraman. Okay. Some of them have tits. That's what I mean. Um, so maybe this is a different Ultraman that they have a statue for, like somebody that helped them like a thousand years ago or something. Yeah, I guess the the ozone wasn't so fucked as it was in the sixties <laughs> that he he could last for longer than five minutes and didn't need a warning sign which uh hey sometimes that helps when you're going for more than five minutes okay (laughs) hey me and ultraman are are completely alike in earth's sun we're only going to last for five minutes at least that's what i keep telling her uh so he's got a boomstone in his, his hand and now these people that can only speak in some foreign tongue that no one can understand now they can also say monster they can say princess and monster those are their only two words that they can say in english i don't know why but you know tv and then we get antlar yes so now we get like our full scene of antlar showing up uh the monster has finally come to the village he's he's not afraid and science patrol run up on him with guns drawn but of course the monster takes the guns again with its magnetic force. And uh, Hiato saves an old lady who's like, yo, fuck this. You ain't you ain't gonna run up on my town like that. Nah, I ain't like she's these like, other pussies. She's like, squat up, son. She's like, gra- she's like grandma from Don't Be a Menace. She's like, she's like that. She's got the biggest set of balls in the movie. <laughs> she reminds me of that old lady from that fucking uh, kung fu comedy movie. Oh, um, kung 
Kung Fu, Kung Fu Hustle. Kung Fu Hustle. Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Troy. Uh, so, but Hayata, Hayata, <laughs> Hayata saves her and turns into Ultraman, which means it's time for me to pass this over to fucking Don. All right. Well, uh, much like I said to my girlfriend last night, this is going to be a long one. <laughs> All right. Ito and Arashi spot Ultraman flying onto the scene as the princess and her concierge began praying over his sighting. With Antler still smashing the ruins of the temple, Ultraman squares off against the creature who dives under the sand, sending a plume of dust in Ultraman's face. Temporarily blinded, he begins searching for the vanished opponent, who appears beneath his feet and trips up Ultraman before burrowing underground again. When Antler reappears, Ultraman takes flight to avoid another attack as Antler dives underground. Ultraman lands and turns to find his disappearing opponent, only for Antler to appear behind him and shoot the tractor beam at Ultraman. Turning around, he grabs the pinchers and begins grappling with the creature as the color timer begins blinking rapidly. Breaking off, Ultraman fires his specium ray to no effect as Antlar charges but gets thrown back to the ground. Ultraman mounts Antlar and begins clubbing it to the approval of the science patrol looking on, but soon finds Antlar has gained the upper hand and rolls on top of Ultraman. Anxious, the princess rushes into the temple and retrieves the stone from the statue and explains to Captain Mira about its importance to Ultraman. And with the color timer still blinking furiously, he takes the stone and heaves it at Antlar, exploding wildly against the creature. Exhausted, it collapses against the ruins as Ultraman stands tall. Okay, I got two things to say about this fight scene. One, why did... Ultraman just randomly jump in the air just to land. Like, he jumped in the air, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's about to dive bomb Antler right in his hole. And then he uh-huh. just lands. And I'm just like, yes. okay, that was pointless. Well, I think, like I said, I think it was to avoid the attack because he saw Antler disappear, and then he got all that dust plume stuck in his... It, like, just shot up into his face, and it blinded him. Yeah. So I think he was just trying to avoid that happening again because he, he dives under... And then you see Ultraman jump up. So I think it was more of just like him trying to dodge the effects. My only problem with that argument is while Ultraman is in, in the air coming down, they then cut back to Antlar going back under the ground. Mm-hmm. So they made it set up to look Con- like he was going to dive bomb him. And then they took that away from me. Continuity here, <laughs> I guess. The one thing he could have done right. But it does make sense that he's trying to clear up all the dust and shit from his face. Uh, uh, then the other thing... Here? What? I would say continuity here. Uh, it could be. Um, and the other thing is uh, the entire fight was pointless. Ultraman being there was pointless. This whole episode yeah, could yep. have happened without pointless because... Nothing Ultraman was doing was working. He wasn't even, like, weakening the monster. They just threw the blue fucking rock at him. It blew up in his face and immediately killed him. Ultraman wasn't needed at all. That's the only problem I did have with the fight. I did like the aspect of Ultraman having trouble with the fight. Because we always see him come out easy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I just don't understand. Fire, he fires the ray, which usually is, like, the killing blow, and he just... And instead of actually exploding off of Antler, he just continues his charging at him. I did like that he broke with his fucking thing <laughs> to his tusk. His pincer, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, but it's true. I mean, the moral of the story is who needs Ultraman when you have a magic blue stone grenade? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, 
then the the they go back to the princess like well now this can become a trademark again and she's like blah 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 peace if we stay away from the rest of the world because of war blah 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 and then fuji came and picked them up and they all had juice boxes and snacks um <laughs> that's always nice they did the yeah. reverse wakanda yeah uh <laughs> so this is so here's my review of this episode uh because of the awful audio issues the fight sucking absolutely like no real mystery because i just i this was the blandest worst episode so far hands down i i would rather watch the the green fucking vegetable episode again than watch this episode uh i am giving episode seven the biggest thumbs down so far so uh with that being said uh venom what did you think of the episode I I'm right there with you in the sense that it's not a good episode. It's a little dull. Uh, the fight was pointless, blah, blah, blah. But because I did like the design of Antlar, um, I liked his most of his movements, his movements, his fighting style, whereas I've had problems with other of the kaiju monsters in Ultraman, including, you know, Green Vegetable Man, which I still consider the worst one. Maybe not the worst episode, but the worst kaiju of the season so far. Um, I'm going to say this is probably like the second or third weakest episode I've seen so far. I'm not going to say it's the weakest because I actually moderately enjoyed it. Um, I like the change of setting, you know, leaving Japan for, you know, the Middle East. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure it was still filmed in Japan, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So we got to see some cool Middle Eastern, uh, Turkish specifically, architecture and, and, you know, desert landscapes and things like that. So for, you know, for the change of pace and the cool monster, um, you know, I'm going to say it's not the worst, but I'm right there with you when it comes to the fight, the audio. Um, for those who don't know, I used to be a, a post-production audio engineer. This whole episode is out of sync. It's so out of sync. It's almost hard to watch. It, it's almost like a full second or two out of sync, which may not sound like a lot on paper, but when you watch it, it might as well be a minute out of sync. It's just awful. Yeah, so, I kind of yeah. want to watch it with just the Japanese audio, yes, the Japanese too. subtitles to see if it's fixed there, because uh, it, it's really bad. And also on the Antlar, Antlar is cool until I saw his bottom half. Then for some reason, I, I, I didn't like it. I don't know why. I just didn't. I liked him when he was... Like we only saw his top half, so it's kind of the Kamebus uh, effect. You, you yes. didn't like his, you didn't like his Goomba feet. No, I did uh, not. Uh, but I was, I was know, actually. I, yeah, didn't mind. I actually I, like him, yeah, too. So let's yeah. say, speaking of Goombas, Derek, what did you think? Uh-huh. You know, like I'm with more with Venom than I'm with Jerry. I like the change of pace, and this ascending was really cool. And like I said, I did like Antlar, so. I, I will agree with the fight being not as great, even though I did like the change of dynamic in the beginning of the fight. Ultraman was kind of having a little trouble there, but I wish he actually won the fight fair and square instead of a blue grenade. <laughs> or maybe so, Mira tosses it to Ultraman who throws it at Antler. Like that's yes, how we, that, that would have been better. Uh, I'm just know. trying to figure out how the little blue ball fucking ended up killing a giant fucking ant. Beetle it's like thing. a softball sized rock killed a giant monster. The captain <laughs> killed. <laughs> you know, but overall, you know, I said I still say it's like one of the weaker episodes that we have seen, but oh, yeah. I still enjoyed some aspects of it. Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough. Don, what do you think? 
Um, I'm probably the one that likes it the most, but I'm still not completely oversold. Um, like you guys said, the fight's not that impressive. Ultraman's really not that needed. Um, but I do like some aspects to this. Um, I do like the mythology of this. You know, you get the idea that Ultraman has visited Earth in the past and he's helped these people before. So you have this sort of like, you start getting like this weird little backstory to him that you never really thought existed. And I kind of like the special effects work. I think the destruction of the city is really cool. It's like the best part of the, the episode. Yeah. Yeah, when he comes up and destroys the fucking temple, that was fucking oh, great. Yeah, that's like just that looks awesome. I love that set. So I think it works on that level. Um I would have liked it a little faster moving. It's like, you know, it takes so long for them when they crash land in the desert for them to arrive at the village. You know, once again, Ito's comedy. Ugh, I this was one I didn't really laugh at all that much because it's kind of just you know, it's more like his stupidity rather than, like, genuine comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more like him just acting stupid and getting hurt rather than, you know, like, genuine comedy. So, I, I, it takes a while for the episode to get going. I don't mind that, you know, I like the change of scenery. I like the mythology. The city destruction's cool, but then, you know, you have the weak fights. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think I like it the most, but I'm still not completely gaga over it. All right, fair enough. So at the end of the season, we'll see if uh, if this gets beat and it, or it seems like I'm gonna get outvoted and uh, grease green lettuce monsters episode is gonna get <laughs> shot shot for the worst so far. But I'm gonna go, I'm gung ho on this episode being bad. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, that's it for the Ultraman report. So with that being said, we are uh, going to get into what we've all been doing lately on other podcasts before we get out of here. So with that being said, the man with 70 podcast, Mr. Venom, what's <laughs> what's new in your podcast world? Okay, the next episode of the Horror Cast, which should be recording this week sometime. Uh, we're going to be covering uh, The Lost Boys, which uh, the 30th, I believe, 30th or 40th anniversary just went by. 30th, excuse me. 30th, um, 87. Yeah, so th- that just went by recently, so we're going to go ahead and discuss that. And we're also going to talk about uh, what we do in the shadows. So this is kind of a uh, pseudo-vampire episode, well, I guess. What do you mean recently? If it was 87, its 30th anniversary was last year. And we're, Is we're... it 87? I thought it was 88. If it's 80... Don said 87. If it's 87, it was last year. Well, either way. That's not I didn't pick them. I didn't pick them. Don't give me shit for it. Okay, whoever who, on the episode, shame ah. whoever did that and tell them underwater kaiju from outer space expects better from the horror cast. <laughs> we will not accept. I'm just kidding. I don't care. And make sure uh, it's not me because I don't want Mark Nato giving me shit for licking Sharknado again. Mark, <laughs> how is Mark hey, Nato going to give you. you shit when he named himself after the movie? <laughs> which is hysterical he hates that movie he hates that whole franchise so what he is he thought, like well, he was he like thought the name was clever. ironic uh, i don't know about ironic he just thought it was clever oh the uh, movie sucked but damn that name was good i'm naming myself after it uh, uh, <laughs> I, I i like you mark nato i just i'm not sure you can fucking uh alanis more set ironic this <laughs> it's like rain. Hey, don't talk. I, Alanis Morissette's my favorite female singer of all time, so be careful hey, when you I, try I, on that. Yo, man, I have the CD too. You know, it's fucking uninvited is like 
one of my favorite songs of all time. Anyway, what else is going on with you, Venom? Or is that all it right. for once? Oh, God, you wish. <laughs> um, so, like I said, that's the Horror Cast episode. Should be out next week sometime. Um, should be recording the third episode of Beneath the Zenith soon. Hopefully, we're just having a little trouble getting all the co-hosts uh, together on a free night. But that Maybe should be if going. Horror Mafia would stop making fucking 17 podcasts <laughs> a month. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't, think, I don't think it's necessarily the, the mafia that's keeping them busy. What do you mean? Half your not... show is mafia. Well, no, absolutely. But the, when we when we get together on Skype or whatever, um, they rarely blame the mafia. It's not like, oh, I'm doing so much on Horror Mafia. You know, it's usually other stuff, life stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Joey's a teacher and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Bill does whatever Bill does. So, yeah. So it's like it's like a combination, I guess, of, you know, the weekly schedule on the mafia plus just life stuff. So and, you know, like I said, we've all got other podcasts. So obviously it's just a matter of getting everybody together. <clears throat> but that'll be uh, the next episode. Uh, we're going to be covering the Jersey Devil on that one. Figured Ooh. out a- after the heaviness of the Diatlov Pass incident, we'd go ahead and do something a little light again. So uh, so have you seen- up on the Jersey Devil. Have you seen the episode of Comic Book Man where they talk about the Jersey Devil and go out there? Nah. Oh. It's hilarious. Oh, look it up. It's, awesome. It's, you're not going to learn anything, but it's just really funny what they do. Hey, if it's entertaining, I'll, I'll go with it. Yeah, I can't remember what episode it is, but it should be easy to find. Oh, yeah, I'll find it. Um, All right. Uh, and then uh, let's see. Next episode of Evil Episodes presents just the movies. We just released an episode for The Nun, which was released last Friday or excuse me, two Fridays ago, nine days ago from when we're recording here. And our next episode, which should be recording in the next day or two, we're going to go over the new Nicolas Cage movie, Mandy, which, Mm -hmm. by the way, if anybody listening to this podcast has not seen Mandy and you have the opportunity to see it, I highly, highly recommend this movie. Yeah, if you can watch Mandy. It's on my list. It's on my list. If you can watch Mandy, go go see 8mm instead. Oh, No way, Mandy is spectacular. This I movie can't is wait. Great. Yeah, I gotta I, rent it. I'm watching it soon. It's I, not my I haven't seen it. I just like to talk about eight millimeter anytime I can. Oh God. Pan, Panos which, which, also was, which wasn't a bad movie, mind you. I did Panos, like it. Panos Collins was host. He's becoming a great director. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, this movie. It's not my number one movie of 2018, but it's up there. It's probably top three right now. That movie was just great. Very satisfying. You know, the ending doesn't leave you scratching your head. It's not ambiguous. You know, it's a definitive ending, a definitive, you know, culmination to the story. And you've got some spectacular gore. And okay, I'm well, leave, leave it for your show. You're just going to give away the whole cow here, and then I'm not going to want any milk. <laughs> oh, no. We'll, 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 when we get into spoilers, don't forget, we do spoilers on that show. So, oh, And true. there's a lot of spoilers to talk about in that one. It's a fun one. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, next episode of Rad Radio, the All 80s podcast, will be recording next week where we will discuss a couple of John Candy movies. We're going to do a little John Candy tribute Aww. and we're, we're going to go over the great outdoors and Uncle Buck. Oh, so that should both. be fun. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're both pretty good. One, in my opinion, one is much better than the other. You'll have to tune in to listen to find out which one. But they're okay. both great. 
for that for that matter. And then the last one is the Theme Warriors podcast, which we should be recording that in the next couple of weeks or so. But believe it or not, we don't have a theme yet. So we're not even sure what we're going to be talking about or what four movies we're going to be watching. So, you know, look out on the Horophilia Network for that one. That Mm -hmm. should be out the next three or four weeks, I would say. All right. Well, let's move it over to Don for the Horror Mafia and apparently uh, the newest member of Cut to the Chase. (laughs) Uh, yeah, we did um, two episodes of uh, Cut to the Chase. I actually managed to uh, double my Quentin Tarantino uh, filmography. Uh, they bumped me up from two to four by doing that. So, uh, yeah, we did um, Pulp Fiction and then Jackie Brown. So uh, I guess spotted on that. Um, I guess spotted on uh, two drink minimum commentaries. We did an impromptu version of Chopping Mall when... Uh, we couldn't get um, a horror mafia episode recorded in time because uh, Joey had to deal with his daughter. So um, he had to take his daughter oh, to the emergency. I understand yeah, I- that. Yeah, he had to take his daughter to the emergency room, so we couldn't record. So I just jumped on with Gary and did uh, two drink minimums. We did uh, chopping mall because it was like eleven o'clock. It was like eleven o'clock for him, so we just wanted like a short, quick one. Oh. Fair enough. I understand the, the Joey and the child thing. I was on uh, Joey's show one time for uh, Slice and Dice, and he had uh, to like get off for what was supposed to be a quick moment for his daughter, and he didn't come back for like 30 minutes, and I just sat there and interviewed uh, his actual co-host on, on the show. Yeah. Uh, I had to take over his show and interview his co-host on the show for like 30 <laughs> fucking minutes. Yeah, so um, when uh, we had when he had to deal with that, I jumped on and did a, an impromptu tune drink minimum. So that should be out pretty soon. As uh, for Mafia, we just uh, finished episode fifty. We just released that. Um, we did uh, listener questions. We did um, a special segment with uh, Cuddly Bear Skeeter Jenkins from Puppet Master, the Littlest Reich. We got him on and recorded a special interview. And uh, just, you know, goofed around, had a bunch of, you know, talking stuff. Um, upcoming, we are doing a uh, Giallo double bill. We're doing Black Belly of the Tarantula and Strip Nude for Your Killer. Oh, that's a fucking great one. It's yeah. a great double feature. Um, we are also going to be recording in the next couple of weeks a, a special segment, a special episode called uh, Shame on Us No Longer where each one of us presents a film that we feel have we have been shamed for not seeing that we'll, we'll no longer be able to say because, well, now we've seen it. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to be doing that. I'm um, guessing this will be the first time where you, for you on the podcast, you'll get to bring a horror movie because they've shamed you a few times for not watching mob movies. Yeah, um, we're doing a... Uh, well, all four of us are picking one. Um, we got pretty diverse ones, too. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're also uh, in the planning st- opening pl- stages of uh, returning to our Battle of the Icons series for Halloween. Um, we're looking, but right now, the, the one that's gaining the most traction is Leatherface versus H- Michael Myers. So um, probably Battle of the Icons Volume 2 for Halloween. Battle of who has the worst franchise after a perfect first movie. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Um, uh, Uh, Also, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is better than Halloween. Oh, uh oh. For the first movies. For the first movies, 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre is better than Halloween. Oh, wait. No, I agree with you. That's okay. right. I didn't hear. Yeah. What, I, I didn't quite comprehend what you said. Yeah, just but for yeah. the first movie. Like, first Texas just Chainsaw first Massacre movie. versus first Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre all fucking day. Oh, yeah. Mm, we'll see. Um, yeah. We also, have a, we also have a few other surprises in store for October, including uh, one with one of my special co-hosts here tonight. So, uh, God damn it, Derek. No, yeah. Derek's going to... Derek's going to come on and uh, he's going to give us a special twofer because apparently he's been giving a shit and he decided we he's gonna, not going to do that anymore. So I only gave you one shitty movie. You gave us two, dude. And you gave Who Will Survive Karate Kill. Wait, wait. On. Shitty movie to who? Like, shitty movie even to Don? Yeah, he gave us Blades <laughs> and shit. he gave us a film called Blades and he gave us a film called Killer Mermaid. Well, Derek. Well, well, well Blades. Like, well, Blades was requested by Bill, and I was just fulfilling his wish. Okay. So, yeah, but then, so... but seriously, dude, Jaws on land with a killer lawnmower. We you just... gave it a seven. <laughs> I know, and like I said, we... Jaws on land with a killer lawnmower. We just reviewed Blades for you people. <laughs> and then Killer Mermaid. Okay, Killer Mermaid shows up an hour into the movie. I liked it. I don't know what to tell you. Well, <laughs> those two movies, and you gave Who Will Survive Karate Kill? Come on, man. <laughs> Mr. Well, Venom, I... I think this show might just become me and you. I might have to kick both of them off. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm <Sorry>. down. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Derek, what have you got coming up? Okay, you know, uh, just recently we released episode 20 of Cinema Attack, the Toxic Avenger franchise. Awesome shit. Check it out with... Uh, a new podcaster who wants to get into podcasts, and we had him uh, do his podcast and debut on that. Mikey Fisher, uh, nice oh, dude. Mikey Fisher's—he's a dope dude. He watches—he watches movies that are so shitty that even Don probably wouldn't touch them. Wow, he's the one that was—he's the one that was trying to get Jeremy to watch a Toxic Retard, right? Yes, he's <laughs> the one. Okay, I started the trend of making Jeremy watch shitty movies. <laughs> And then Mikey Fisher did it so hardcore to Jeremy, I felt bad and stopped doing it to Jeremy. That's what I'm saying. That was him, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I think I know who he is. Yeah, he's on Body Bags, too, now, the YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. I'm, so behind on, I'm so behind on checking those. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> I watched no. James Cox. I just put it on mute and stare at his face. <laughs> He's really the only one I actually watch on there when I do check out on body bags. No, I, actually... I I like to. Ju- I usually do it depending on the movie. If it's a yeah, movie that true, I actually yeah. care to hear, so- like I think someone can say something interesting about, I watch it. But like you know, someone once reviewed The Howling, and I almost unsubscribed. So you know. Yeah, it's kind of like well, All okay, right, let's, what do let's you stop, need to do? Go what stop giving need? Derek shit. Derek, continue. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's about it. You know. <laughs> Plus, I have a surprise podcast coming out. Part of the Cinematheque uh, brand uh, It's coming out. I keep it a little surprise until then. Ooh, I love new branded shows. And I'm also <laughs> working on another podcast that should be debuting in October also. That's nice. A nice. All right, well, I'll, I'll finish this up with uh, the next Kill the Cast episode will be Horror Coliseum, Freddy vs. Jason, Volume 3, Friday the 13th, 
Part 3 versus A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors, featuring Derek, who will be coming on to help us battle those two movies out. Should be uh, interesting. The, should be a the, fucking landslide. Uh, <laughs> it, it should be, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, there's well, I'm thinking of... There's a few. I there's a few categories I see should be a landslide. I'm not saying, uh, I, I'm not saying one way or another. I'm just saying I, yeah. looking at the categories, I think there yeah. should be some that's a landslide. I, I keep my promise that I try to go in as unbiased as I possibly can, and even if I don't like something, I try to go. Did they at least do it right? Was it actually still do, done correctly? Um, I have to do that because I'm notoriously I don't like the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I do not like Freddy. But uh, I have shown that I can. I I've been pretty good. You have been. You have been. There. I'll give you that. Um, That's you will be. Um, I'm gonna vouch for you. You have been. I've heard the first two, and yeah, you you are. Yeah. I, so I, I was actually surprised by the winner of the first two episodes. Without giving anything away, they definitely went the opposite direction that I thought they were gonna go. Dude, when you break these movies down into the categories I created, and you're looking at them that way. It's a completely different ball game. It helps you eliminate the bias. It makes you really look at like certain aspects of a movie and where it shines and some of the categories tie together. And it's it's just very interesting. Uh Horror Coliseum is is by far my favorite show we do. And uh so the next one we'll be doing that. Uh then after that we'll be doing a Patreon show with movies that are picked by Derek. <laughs> then after, yeah. Then after, uh, th- we were actually supposed to have the second episode of Jerry uh, hates action, but uh, we both, me and Kenneth, got sick and we could not record Horror Coliseum last weekend, so we had to push it to next weekend. Uh, and then Kenneth was never going to record this weekend anyway, so he he had to go on a camping trip. So, uh. So uh, that got pushed back. So we're going to do the Patreon show because I told the guys, I was like, no matter what, before September ends, we're recording this fucking Patreon show. I don't care. We're recording it. Uh, And then the first episode of October should be Horror Coliseum uh, Freddy vs. Jason 4. Then after that, we'll probably try to tackle the Jerry Hates action. Uh, we We actually don't record as much in October. Just because it's my birthday, I go to a horror convention, it's Kenneth's daughter's birthday. October's just not a good month for us, so we we actually don't record as much. Everyone else, so many shows put out, so many podcasts put out so many great shows in October that I'm just like, fuck it, let them take care of it, we will chill. We'll uh, (laughs) we'll see y'all in November. I don't, uh, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah. You guys got this. Take care of it. Uh, so, pretty interesting. Um, and then, of course, I will t- try to get another Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space done in October. But if I don't make it for October, we'll definitely see one come back in November. Um, and uh, I don't know what we're going to do yet, but I have one that I think we're going to do if the guest is available. And if they're not, we'll figure something else out. But either way, the next episode will be a Godzilla movie, and we may have our first guest. We'll see what happens. Other than that, thank you for joining. Just a couple of poor underwater kaiju from outer space trying to give you their visions from Monsterland. 
uh, go watch the H man. Give that movie some love. That movie's pretty dope. You can get it in a three pack DVD that also gives you Mothra and, uh, what battle from outer space. Yeah. Go get it. And plus Mothra and battle from outer space both have commentaries. So you can't beat that. Uh, and then all the movies look good and they give you American and Japanese versions of each movie. Which I was shocked when I first got it because I didn't know that. So I was like, holy shit, this is actually a nice release. Yeah, it really is a nice release. Uh, that That is one that is great because they, they've done three packs for. There was a Toho three pack early on that had the Mysterians, Matango, and Varen. You can't fucking touch that thing anymore. That's yeah. like, that three pack is like fucking $150, $200. Luckily, you can get. You, if you're lucky, you can find each of those DVDs for thirty bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. If you really look, um, I don't have to worry about that. I have all three of them, and I got them for much cheaper than that because I'm awesome. And then Derek has some of those too because I'm yeah. awesome. I actually uh, have all three of those. <laughs> you didn't get all three of them for me though, did you? No, I got two of them, and I bought one separately. Okay, uh, I bought a kaiju lot off someone just because i wanted like two of the movies that were in there and the other two were extra copies so i hit up Derek and i was like you want a hookup <laughs> so was I, a hookup. S- I, I i gave him bro price <laughs> i i definitely hooked him up but uh either way thank you for joining us uh i think we're at a point now where if there's certain movies that you want us to see us do let us know definitely for sure and maybe always, we'll, maybe we'll bump those up. Uh, hopefully, not a Heisei movie. I watched uh, another Heisei movie the other night, guys, and God, it's awful. Oh God, I'm scared to know which one. We'll it, was, get... it was Mecha Godzilla two. Yeah, that one kind of oh, it. Lo- God, that thing lowers for me every single time I watch it. That Mecha Godzilla design is fucking awful. Dinosaurs. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, Rodan <laughs> designs bosses shit though. All right, that's it. We are out of here, guys. Thank you for joining us, and uh, we will see you next time. And watch the sewers. Later. Watch the sewers? No, the sewers. Sewers! Oh, I thought you said watch the sewers. I was like, fucking audience do you think we have? Do you think they're all heroin junkies? Jesus. (laughs) Uh, You heard it here first. If you watch Godzilla movies, according to Derek, you're a heroin user. Good night, everyone. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.